Up World! Surpassed first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week, every single weekday. Make it a part of your daily routine and listen every single day, your first listen of the day. Why not? Today's show. We're talking a whole bunch of Detroit Pistons and Detroit Pistons-related information. The Blazers went into Detroit and got a win, maybe a win they didn't want to have, but they won anyways because the Pistons aren't very good. We'll talk about that game. And then the, the Jeremy Grant rumors are back. Pistons forward who did not play in Monday evening's game against the Blazers. They've just, the Portland has been linked to Jeremy Grant ever since he was born here back in 1995. But the they pursued him at the trade deadline. They're reportedly going to pursue him again in the offseason. And Jeremy Grant is what we're going to talk about a bunch in the show. What the package would look like, what the reporting is, and whether I think it's a good idea. We'll weigh all of it. But first, let's do what we do. Talk about the Blazers win 119-115 in your fastest recap in the West. Blazers led this one 29-22 after one. An ugly rock fight of the first quarter that finally got a little bit of rhythm in the second. Blazers took a 15-point lead into halftime off the strength of Ben McLemore's 16 points in the first half hit four of seven threes. Blazers pushed that lead to as many as 23 points in the third quarter. Up 15 at halftime. Look like they're going to cruise and take control of this one. But the Pistons bench, a shorthanded bench with a bunch of people you don't know, like Saban Lee and Isaiah Livers and Luca Garza, they they made a real push. This was uh, no no Jeremy Grant in this one, no Kelly Olynyk. Pistons missing two of their best players. And the, the back half of an already bad team, a 19-52 team, an already bad team, missing a bunch of their bench, made a real push with that second unit, cut the Blazers' lead to 96-88 heading into the fourth, and the Pistons took a lead on a Luka Garza free throw late in the fourth quarter, but the Blazers held on. Uh, Took command of the lead, forced a couple late Cade Cunningham turnovers, made their free throws when it mattered. Brandon Williams made a crucial layup late, and the Blazers win 119-115. That's your fastest recap in the West. Brandon Williams, he of the two-way contract, the rookie out of Arizona. Took a long route to the NBA, but seems like he's going to stick around a while now that he's here. Finished with 23.6 boards, 3 assists, 3 steals. 6 of 17 from the floor. Like, didn't have a great shooting night, but, you know, got to the line. Showed why he, you know, he's got a little juice. People just can't stay in front of him. He was really good. Ben McLemore, 16 in the first half, 5 in the second half. Only hit one more 3, but 21 points, 5 boards on 5 of 12 from deep. 7 of 16 overall from the floor for B. Mac. Uh, 10 points, 9 boards, 3 assists for Justice Winslow. I thought who had a really nice game. 16 and 8 for for uh CJ Ellaby. This might have been CJ Ellaby's best game as a pro. Like he just he was good in this one. Drew Eubanks 17 and 8. Uh Drew Eubanks does what he does. Shoots hook shots, dunks the ball, and gets in people's grill. He was physical in this one. Sadiq Bay had 25 for the Pistons. Cade Cunningham added 25 points and seven assists. Uh th- those guys, you know, th- this is just kind of like I said. Maybe a game the Blazers would have liked to lose. Uh, certainly a game they would have liked to lose. They'll want to lose all of them, right? They had lost 10 of 11. Only, it's only their second win since the All-Star break. You know, 2 and 11 since the break. Uh, so it's... Excuse me, 2 and 12. Or 2 and 11 since the break. Yeah, uh, it's... They want to lose every game. Um, but the Pistons, you know, without Jeremy Grant, this was... This was not maybe not a as like this wasn't a bankable loss and the Pistons are a just a straight up normal bad team a rebuilding team and the Blazers uh couldn't couldn't make it happen despite 
resting Josh Hart in this one. Josh Hart missed this game with left left knee tendon, tendinopathy. Uh, that tendonitis in the left knee, that's what's keeping Amphrey Simons out for a couple weeks and maybe the end of the year. Um, this, you know, Josh Hart played a ton of minutes, 39 minutes on Friday night, played last night, uh, played Sunday evening and looked, um, you know, fine, had 25 points against the Pacers, uh, did not play in the, in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, again, this is one of those things where I'm not questioning whether Josh Hart is injured. What I'm questioning is, is this the type of thing you would do if you were trying to win games? Uh, I don't want to talk about guys' bodies. Like, I don't know about Josh Hart's left knee. What I know is that the Blazers are being super conservative with injuries, and it's hard to give them the benefit of that, the doubt in this situation. And if you and if you just say, hey, Josh Hart's out, you know, he rested a game a couple weeks ago on a, just a random Saturday game. Hey, out for injury management or load management. He just needs a rest day, playing a ton of minutes. It was weird when the Blazers did that. It was clear they were just uh, trying to take some talent out of the lineup. Um, the this way, if, you know, maybe Josh Hart is banged up a little bit and needs a couple days off, you can give it to him and he's like on the injury report. It's a known thing. This had never shown up beforehand. Um, again, I'm not questioning whether he's injured the validity of the injury. I'm questioning the sort of conservativeness of the Blazers approach, but uh, he is did not play in this game and his status moving forward is unknown, although I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a bunch more. The Blazers play the Spurs on Wednesday. It is crucially important that the Blazers lose that one. So I I can't imagine, I would guess that Josh Hart will not play Wednesday. We'll see when the Blazers play a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. And then they play fighter, three games in four nights, Friday, Saturday, Monday against uh, Houston, twice against Houston, then OKC. We'll see what Josh Hart's status is for that one. But he did not play. The other bit of Blazer news is not really news. Uh, the, the team made it official, though, that Damian Lillard is done for the rest of the year and will not return. When this injury happened, or when, the, when, when Dame decided to have surgery, if you listen to this podcast, I said it right here, the season was done. You don't you might you don't make this decision for him to come back. You don't make this decision to chase it. If he agrees to get this surgery and you you realize that it's for the future, the Blazers, you know, were shifting their priorities to playing for draft picks. In this case, two draft picks because they're their own that they're going to get, and hopefully they're going to get one from the Pelicans as well, or they're hoping they're going to get one from the Pelicans as well. So this is Dame now, you know. Obviously, the speculation was there. One particular podcaster said it very clearly, but now the team has said it as well. Uh, he's this is it. Dame's done for uh, done for the year. There's no uh, there's no hope that he's coming back. There was never any hope he's coming back. But now, officially official, the team released a press release today. That's what you need to know from this game. That's that's your fast recap and what you need to know from this game. Blazers Blazers get a win. They snap uh, a four game losing streak and and they move on after a long stretch on the road. They're finally back. They'd played uh, you know ten of their last. 11 games in the road that is several that is a long that is a long road trip and now they're back for their final home final true home stand of the season they play five home games um starting Wednesday from Wednesday to Wednesday five home games over the, over the course of eight days uh and then that's it they'll have one home game remaining after this one we are down to the stretch run which means it's time to look into the off season and after the game after that game there in Detroit clutch clients Yusuf Nurkic and I and uh, Jeremy Grant got together and Josh Hart got together too and they chatted a little bit in midcourt. And typically, chatting in midcourt after the game between guys, particularly guys that share agencies, it means nothing. But in the age, and today's March 21st, 2022, the evening that it happened, came on the heels of a report that the Blazers are going to pursue Jeremy Grant yet again in the offseason. So that little chat at midcourt between Nurk and Grant and Josh Hart seems like it has a little more juice. Let's talk about that juice and future Blazer great 
Jeremy Grant. That's what we'll do in the uh, in the second segment. But first, let me tell you all about BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's got more. They've got more lines. They got more props. They got more odds than any other place you're going to find. You want to bet on the NBA's regular season and the stretch run? You're going to find it all there waiting for you. You want to bet on the NHL? You want to bet on soccer? You want to bet? on tennis, you want to bet on combat sports, whatever it is, you're going to find it. Uh, both college hoops tournaments, the women's tournaments literally happening right now. Go Tar Heels, uh, leading Arizona as I hit record on this one. Hopefully they hold on. And my, uh, the Tar Heels men's team, they're still rolling too. You want to bet on my beloved Tar Heels, you can do that. Go to betonline.net, get in on all the action. That's betonline where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Athletic Greens, the nutritional supplement that can change your day, one change your life one morning at a time. That's not anything in the ad copy. I'm just giving you that one for free. Here's what it is. One delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. I started my day off, my week off, Monday morning. I woke up. I took the little AG1, uh, container canister. I grabbed a scoop. I put it in the water bottle. I shook it up and I started my day with that that mild tropical flavor and a whole bunch of multivitamins. Uh, Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. It's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Uh, It was created by the founder was because the founder was experiencing a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him a hundred bucks a day. So he created Athletic Greens because he realized how difficult it was to create an optical nutrition routine on your own. So now you can take that all-in-one nutritional supplement, that all-in-one nutritional service every single day to get your mind and your body right. Right now, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you gotta do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So we talked Blazers loss in Detroit. Blazers, they, they won. It feels like a loss because it's because they need to they need to uh, lose as many as they possibly can. It's like, like I said, I don't think it's a big deal that they won this game. Like I don't I don't see this as like uh, a detriment. But they need to lose all of them. This was a game that they um, certainly could have lost. Some bad luck. I mean, played good defense at the end. They forced a couple of Cade Cunningham turnovers that really changed the game in the final two minutes. Um, and they need the win for the vibes. Like, the gentlemen on the team need the wins. I'm, I'm rooting for their mental health for them to get the wins. But, if, you know, the sort of health of the franchise. They need to lose as much as possible. Um, not playing Josh Hart. Adding Josh Hart to already a long list on the injury report um, will increase the chances that they lose more games. But right now, let's talk about the future. 
Let's talk about Jeremy Grant. This is the name that keeps coming up with the Blazers. It absolutely keeps, 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 keeps coming up. And why does he keep coming up? Because they have actively pursued him. According to James Edwards of The Athletic, at the trade deadline, the Blazers were the team that was most in on Jeremy Grant. They were the most aggressive in their pursuit of Pistons forward Jeremy Grant. That is son of Harvey Grant, uh, who's the twin brother of Horace Grant. Harvey Grant, of course, a former Blazer. Jeremy Grant, born right here uh, in Portland. He's got some brothers who have played at... Um, uh, professional basketball as well. It's a really athletic family. The Grants get down. Um, but Jeremy Grant has been constantly linked to the Blazers. They've been pursuing him, not just because of his connection to the Portland Trailblazers, but because he's a you know 6'8", 6'9", forward who's exactly the sort of positional need they'd be after. He's a veteran who could help, and they have pursued him aggressively. At the trade deadline, it kind of fell apart because the asking price was two first-round picks. And the Blazers, they weren't in, that's just obviously at the moment, in February, too steep for them. The whole thing they're doing is losing to get draft picks. They're not going to trade both of them for Jeremy Grant. That's outrageous. They didn't really have any other path to get Jeremy Grant. Like, they could have traded Eric Bledsoe in a couple firsts and made it all happen. Sure, Blazers weren't trading Anthony Simons. That's absolute nonsense. Swapping Anthony Simons for Jeremy Grant is a fireable offense, and nobody's trying to get fired. So that wasn't going to happen. So according to Shams Trani of The Athletic, who wrote a story today, uh, I, I don't know what the branding is, and I apologize for not having this written down, but Shams writes a sort of several, you know, once a month, basically kind of like inside look at what's what's going on in the league. And it, you know, player team by team, little blurbs. And the Portland Trailblazers blurb includes this, that the Blazers, if they get the New Orleans Pelicans pick, which is lottery protected, if they get the Pelicans miss the playoffs and the Blazers and that pick conveys to Portland, the Blazers will offer that pick to the uh, Detroit Pistons in exchange for Jeremy Grant. It might be as simple as that because here you go. The Pelicans pick is about, is very likely to fall between 9, 10, and 11. The, pit, the pick is actually protected 5 through 14, but the Pels, if they miss the playoffs, it's not going to be um, the back half of the lottery. Like, they're not, they're not, Charlotte and Atlanta have that one covered. So, really, there is a, there's about a 70, greater than 75% chance that it falls at 9, 10, or 11. It cannot fall higher than 9, the, if, based on where the record is. That's not how the lottery odds work. And if it goes 1 through 4, it, it ends up in New Orleans. So, really, you're talking about getting the Pelicans pick 9 to 14. And really, you're talking about getting the Pelicans pick 9 through 11. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about sending the 9th pick or the 10th pick or the 11th pick to the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Jeremy Grant. But Michael, you say, Jeremy Grant makes $20 million and a draft pick is not worth any money in a trade. How does it work? Well, my friends, that is where the CJ McCollum trade comes in. The Blazers, when they did the trade to get this protected first round pick from the New Orleans Pelicans, they also received what is known as a traded player exception. That traded player exception is worth about $20.86 million. And Jeremy Grant's contract is for next season is worth $20.9 million. And according to my good friend, I'll call him the uh, Locked On Blazers salary cap expert uh, and consultant, more like consultant, because um, I consulted with him. I said, Eric Griffith, who writes for Willamette Week and it's written for Blazers Edge in the past and is just a generally a smart person who knows a lot about the salary cap. I said, Eric, does this work? And he said, yes, because the traded player exception has about has $100,000 of leeway. So Grant fits exactly inside the traded player exception. That's all it is. You don't need to mix and match. You don't need to throw in Keon Johnson. You don't need to throw in Didi Luzada. You don't need to uh, figure out how to make the money work. The money works. You absorb Grant's contract into the traded player exception. You send the 10th overall pick to the Detroit Pistons and you get Jeremy Grant. That's it and that's all. 
But wait, dear friends. It's going to come with more than that. In uh, Chamstrania's story, this is a report for the Athletic Chamstrania, he mentions, just kind of in passing the way that he does, um, is that Jeremy Grant is eligible for a 40-year, $112 million extension. That is the, the most money that he could be extended for. He will be entering the final year of his contract next year. He's under contract for the 22-2023 season at that about $21 bucks. At that exactly the trade exception amount dollars. So the Blazers can absorb him. They can absorb him in exchange for the pick. Easy peasy, it kind of gets, it, to me, the, that part of it seems relatively simple. The, the Pistons, they don't want to pay Jeremy Grant. They want to move forward with the young core that they have. What do they get out of it? They get the 10th pick in the draft for their troubles. Great deal. Keep them moving. No no extra salary. No no Nobody else you have to juggle. It's a, it's a clean, simple trade on Detroit's side. But the Blazers are not going to trade Jeremy Grant in a first-round pick to have one year of Jeremy Grant. If he comes here, he's going to sign an extension. That's just logic. I'm not reporting that. I don't know that. Um, that's just logic. There's just no way. One, Shams wouldn't put that in there unless the representation, Clutch Sports, wanted that in there, right? Like, the, the extension is part of it. And it's just it just follows. Like, the Blazers, are if they make this trade for Grant, they're not going to trade for 82 games of Jeremy Grant. They're going to trade for... I don't know, 240 games with Jeremy Grant. Maybe too much, right, right, quite frankly. But like, if the Blazers make this trade, if they were to if they were to, to consummate this deal, send, well, let's just call it for the sake of the rest of the show, the 10th pick in the NBA draft. They send, the pick, they send that pick from New Orleans, the 10th pick in the draft to Detroit. They get Grant back. Part of that trade or shortly after that trade, Grant will sign an extension. He'll be here for the long term. Okay. Cool, right? Cool. The Blazers get their, you know, they desperately need like a an upgrade at the forward spots. Jeremy Grant is probably only a four, but certainly can play a little bit of three and you can get away with it. He can, I think he can defend both spots and it's okay. Um, I think he just, because he doesn't have a lot of off the dribble juice, I think you'd rather have him as a four. But if the guy who plays four can dribble, doesn't really matter. Positions don't matter that much as long as you have the right sort of combination of micro skills on the floor. Uh, so like he upgrades the forward spots. That, that that's huge. He adds some defense. He adds some length. He checks a lot of boxes for the Blazers. The question is that contract extension. And I think that's where I land on this because so many of you have sent me some version of this because it's been, Jeremy Grant has been the name linked to the Blazers forever, like forever since before the trade deadline, the the day of the trade, like leading into the trade deadline, he was the name linked to the Blazers. Hey, they're pursuing Jeremy Grant. When the, we got to the end of the trade deadline, James Edwards of The Athletic comes out with this long story. Yes, the Blazers aggressively pursued Jeremy Grant. The asking price was too high. They kept it moving. Now they're back. And I think more than we've ever heard, we have like the specifics, the parameters of a trade. This never happened under Neil Olshay. It's not how he got down. I don't even know if this is a Joe Cronin thing. In fact, I think this is a representation thing. I think this is clutch sports. Um, and to some extent, uh, the good ones. Uh, it's Damien Lord's representation. I think it's out there because the agents want it to be out there is what I'm saying. I'm not like, I'm not coming for anybody. Uh, everything gets leaked because people want it leaked. Uh, like we haven't heard, we have, this is a rare situation where not only do we know that a team will pursue a certain player, we know what the damn package is going to be. If the if the Pelicans miss the playoffs and the Pelicans lost today and the Lakers won, the Pelicans slip back into 10th, the Lakers move to the 9th, get your, your forum blue and gold pennants out and say, go Lakers, go, that's right, washed king, chasing cream, just a kid from Akron, all the hashtags, you know the deal. Uh, the Lakers moving into ninth, great news. Pelicans having to win two play-in game, play games on the road, great news. All of that's great news. 
but this is weird. This is a little weird. I think like, I don't, I got no takeaway from it other than to say, not only do we know the trade and we know what needs to happen, the Pelicans need to miss the playoffs. We kind of just know what the package is going to be. Now, on March 21st, we know this is going to happen. And what happened in the new league year, it would, hap- it would happen like, uh, like it would be agreed to at draft day or whatever, or maybe prior to that. But like, it, it'll, it, it's not going to happen for months, months away. And it's just like, if the Blazers get this pick, it's going to happen. I don't know that we've experienced this. I certainly don't rem- recall something being this straightforward, you know, uh, maybe since like the Anthony Davis hostage situation in New Orleans. Uh, Shout out to Clutch Sports. Uh, it's like, I don't uh, I don't know that we've, I don't recall seeing something exactly like this. It's bizarre, but it allows us a real time to talk about it. And it allows you, what you're doing right now, I know what you're doing. You're saying, Mike, dog, is this a good idea? Tell me it's a good idea. Should we do this? Should we not do this? What's going on? Okay. I'll give you my opinion. Come back in the third segment. I'll tell you all about it. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com, the fastest and easiest way to uh not the fastest and easiest way to do anything. In fact, that's another advertiser, rockauto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers and do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You can save time. You can save real money on using Rock Auto. If you go to a big chain auto parts store or you go to the dealership, you're going to pay 30 or 50 or even 100% more because Rock Auto, not only do they have all of the parts you need because they're not confined to physical space. They've got warehouses all over with all the parts for every make and model. They're also specialized in being cheaper, helping do it yourself. It's helping folks like you who work on your car. So why don't you go to their website right now, rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck and find a solution that works for you. And while you're there, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. So, the Jeremy Grant thing is out there, and we know it's out there. The question is, is this a good idea? And I think that's that's one worth uh, worth pondering as my light studio light goes out here on YouTube. You're going to see me with a little, little different lighting here to close the show, but that's the way it works. Uh, is this a good idea? The... First, the, the parameters of the trade seem very clear. You do not need to complicate it with other things. If the Blazers get the Pels pick, they're going to send that 10th pick in the draft. They're going to absorb Grant the TPE, trade player exception, cut and dry, simple. I think that works for both sides. It works for both sides. It gets a lot of the times, and I complain about this a lot, so let me explain why I complain about it. I complain about you, dear listeners, sending me trades where I say I don't like Trade Machine because I have to explain to you, the other team has a freaking plan and your plan to to trade this and that Blazer part for their this and that part doesn't line up with their plans, their goals financially, their goals of the, like all of these things. Um, I don't like that part of Trade Machine. This one isn't that. The, the the Pistons want to move on with a, a young core. They're in a multi-year rebuild. They don't want to extend Jeremy Grant. I think they would if it, if it came down to it, but they're not going to give Jeremy Grant four years and $115 million or $112 million is the max he could sign for. To, to, you know, like get in Sadiq Bey's way, uh, they're they're going to move forward with a different group and they have a chance to end up with something like the first pick in the draft and now the 10th pick in the draft from the Blazers. 
it will allow them to continue that rebuild. You know, maybe there's some second round picks. The Blazers actually own the Pistons second round pick. So maybe they throw it in there to give the Pistons back uh, the, the the second uh, just to, to make their troubles work. But they would need to include players. And, and not including players appeals to the Pistons. And getting it back clean without having to include salary or take on other salary appeals to the Blazers. So really what we're talking about is whether you'd rather have the 10th pick in the NBA draft or Jeremy Grant. But it's not just or Jeremy Grant. It's or Jeremy Grant on a contract extension. And I can actually see both sides pretty clearly here. Um, the, The basics of this is like, I think Jeremy Grant over the next two seasons will be significantly better than the 10th pick in the NBA draft. Like in year one, a million times better. In year two, could, you know, young guys get good, whatever it is, like it could be a little closer. But I'm, I would I would project Jeremy Grant to be just straight up better than uh, a rookie and a second year player for both of those first two years. The question isn't that necessarily. It's that is the best way to build a roster to give $20 million to a pretty good role player who maybe sees himself as a star, but a pretty good role player and kind of lock into this is the group we have, you know, is is a Dame, Ant, Nas, Jeremy Grant, Nurk, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, core is you know is that is is that a championship core no is that a much better team than you've maybe had in the past i think so yeah so let me make the argument against it first the blazers do not have the luxury of of chasing free agents what they what they do have the luxury is waiting for the right time to strike and making the right deal so if you have the and if you kind of keep your powder dry you make you make the 10th pick you get the 10th pick right you'll have more cheaper players on the roster and ability to be patient uh you could argue that the 10th pick in the player and 10th pick in the draft additionally could be better than Jeremy Grant by the time their contract is over and then do, you have 4 years of them on team control and a chance to sign them afterwards to another four-year deal like you have you could have potentially eight and nine if they're really good and you want to give them the five-year max like a nine years of of team control with a player who will be cheaper than jeremy grant uh almost certainly the first five years of that deal and and beyond that like you're just it's just going to be a cheaper player on the roster in addition that maybe the jeremy grant is not an ideal fit for the blazers and i think there's some truth to this for sure he's not a great three-point shooter although he's I think he's a better standstill three-point shooter than he is shooting off the dribble. Just shoots a lot off the dribble with the Pistons. He's an isolation guy. He likes to score in isolation. That's not a great fit next to Dame. He's a ball in his hands, take some dribbles, take some 19-footers, give me the ball, get out of the way type of guy. Not a great fit next to Damian Lord. Not a perfect plug-and-play in what what Chauncey's system might be. God knows what Chauncey's system is going to be like when Dame's back at full strength. That's a conversation for another day. But I think those are caveats. The expensiveness, the kind of committing to the core, and Jeremy Grant being just okay. Those are all reasons to say, but I kind of lean the other way, quite frankly. Like, I think smart people have, have, and I've seen this, you know, people discussing this on on Twitter. It's like smart smart people, people I respect say like, don't do this. Do not, do not do it. But I, I kind of think... That if you if you don't pay Jeremy Grant four for one hundred and twelve, if you pay him something like four for ninety five, I think the first couple of years of the deal are fine. I think they're fine. I, I think Jeremy Grant when when Jeremy Grant was a role player on the Nuggets, they were excellent. When Jeremy Grant was a role player on OKC, they're pretty good. Damian Lord exploded their franchise, but they were good, and and him as a complimentary part was good. He left Denver, not for the money, but for to spread his wings. He wanted more responsibility, more shots. He wanted to lead a franchise and prove he could do it. 
he was darn good. His first his first half of the season, first 50 games in Detroit, he was darn good. And I think actually the last 20 games, he's been way better in Detroit. He struggled second half of last season and the first half of this season. But I, I think he's been better the last 15 or 20 games in, in Detroit. And I would argue that maybe if he understands the, the pecking order, that it's Dame and then Ant and then you slash Nurk, uh, then you get him, you can kind of get the best of Grant because the length and the shooting and the more offense from the forward spots and another guy who could handle and run something similar to a pick and roll. He's not a great passer, playmaker, any of those things, but like y- you start to check some boxes. I, I would do this trade. I would do it. I would under I understand the concerns and I understand the financial things and all that, but if you're trying to be as good as possible over the next two seasons while you have prime Dame, Jeremy Grant's gonna be better than the tenth pick in the draft. I I understand I get the team building responsibility stuff. Like I totally understand the logic there. I just think even if I'm not even a big Jeremy Grant believer, <laughs> like I don't even think he's that good. But like I think. He, he he checks enough boxes and the trade deal, if like, let's like rewind. This isn't really how trades work. Let's rewind a little bit. If you were to trade CJ McCollum for Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart, cool. That would kick ass. That seems like a good exchange for CJ, right? You get a more defensive minded 2-3 wing in Jeremy Grant, you get, or in, in Josh Hart, you get a more defensive minded 3-4 wing in, in Jeremy Grant. Like, You've upgraded the spots you needed to upgrade. You answered it with veterans who could help. Like if you, if they, if the Blazers were doing this in February, I would have said, great. It's not how trades work. You can't trade. That's like, it's not how, and like the transitive property of trades is, is false. Like it's, I'm, I'm offering you a false equivalence. But if you think about it like that, trading CJ McCollum and, and, and an injured Larry Nance Jr. for Josh Hart and uh, Josh Hart, a second round pick and, and Jeremy Grant is a, is a pretty good deal. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, in hindsight, I wouldn't have problem with that. And so I'm in favor of this. If this is the trade, as I've laid out here, if it's just absorbing Jeremy Grant, the TPE and sending out the 10th pick in the draft, do it, do it, do it. The chances that you get rid of the 10th pick in the draft are incredibly slim. The chances that the 10th pick in the draft ever develops into something as good as Jeremy Grant, incredibly slim. These are just, it's just, it's the truth of building through the draft. It's hard. I understand the the money thing. I understand the sort of limitations that the roster will come to. I understand that overpaying role players is in some ways what has hindered the Blazers in the past, but it's not actually what hindered them. What hindered them was paying CJ McCollum, not the role players <laughs> by any means. Myers Leonard's contract was not the problem with the Blazers. CJ McCollum's was. It's paying your second best player too much. Let's talk about every Simon's money when it comes up because that's going to be the issue, not the ancillary parts paying about 20 million dollars a year for an nba starter is just how much it costs if you pay jeremy grant about 20 million dollars a year to be your starting power forward and your fourth best player i think you're a better basketball team i would do it i would do it it's weird that in march we kind of know that this might happen and if it does come up i'll say the same thing i'll try to be consistent as much as i possibly can i would do this trade i think it would work i think it'll help do i think it'll make the blazers a championship team hell no i do not no no but I think it would get them closer. I think they'd be they'd be the power forward they've desperately needed during the Dame era post Lamarcus Aldridge. It's probably not Jeremy Grant, but Jeremy Grant would be the best version of anything they've ever had there. So I think you do it. I think you're building a pretty good team, and the idea is to build a pretty good team. It's not to build the most perfectly asset driven. Uh, 
whatever super bargain. That's not the plan. The plan is to be pretty good. And I think Jeremy Grant increases your chances to be pretty good. And for those reasons, I'm in favor of it. Let's do it. Lockdown Blazers, five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts. Free on all platforms. The only day we try Blazers podcast. A whole bunch of fun. We've got fun shows the rest of the week. Blazers play a huge home game Wednesday against the, the Spurs. We'll, I will have a uh, show for you after that one. I'm trying to get an a interview for this week. Uh, chasing people down this week has been more difficult. But last week we had three interviews. So that's just that's just interview karma coming back to catch me. Uh, we're going to do a mail. If we don't get an interview, we're going to do a mailbag. It'll be a Wednesday show. Check my Twitter feed or Friday show. Check my Twitter feed at Mike G. Rich. Or you can email me lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Regardless of how it works, we're going to have five shows every single day of the week so come back for more find us on youtube find us wherever you get podcasts just search lockdown blazers we'll be right there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon